tiny hobbit against all the evil the world could muster. A sane being would have given up, but Samwise burned with a magnificent madness, a glowing obsession to surmount every obstacle, to find Frodo, destroy the ring, and cleanse Middle-earth of its festering malignancy. He knew he would try again, fail perhaps, and try once more. A thousand, thousand times if need be, but he would not stop watching Lost. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm MMA. And we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 5, And Found, a really, really cleverly titled episode. I love it when Um, they do this. Yeah, it's so funny it's this is the second time it's been for a uh uh korean episode mm-hmm. too because the first time was um what was the gin one in translation oh oh god that yeah. one's worse i actually yeah. I, and found at least makes sense thematically the in translation was purely because he just talks in korean mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh well let's start this episode like we do every episode Emma, by asking a question that is pertinent to the themes uh, before we even get into it. Emma, I'm curious, what is the most expensive thing you have ever lost? Oh my gosh. Um, That is such a good question. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if you've never lost anything, you can say that it's fine. You don't have to, you know, make up something that you've lost to feel like you fit in with the rest of us. No, the thing is, I've lost so many things (laughs) that I'm trying (laughs) to like... Uh cycle through um once i misplaced 250 dollars on an amtrak and it was a really big deal because i was 20 and broke it was like sure yeah a lot of money yeah on a like two like just 250 dollars cash yeah cash oh that's rough are you sure you didn't get like pickpocketed you for sure like lost it well, either way, it was gone. It was yeah, missing from yeah. me. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really, doesn't make you feel any better. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, what about you? I was, for me, I would say probably um, my childlike sense of wonder, mm. and that is frankly priceless. Yeah. So I can't really put a even. Number on that. Yeah, and then otherwise, I've never had anything expensive enough to lose. So, but great. All right. Let's talk about this episode. Emma, first impressions, what did you think? Actually, let me tell you, I'm jealous that you are getting to do the flashbacks for this episode, because I think they are so good and fun. They're really good, and I also like the stuff on the island. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that it was the right amount of suspense and mystery, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's fun that it's just, it's purely about a lost wedding ring. Like, I think that you don't need to be on an island to do. Mm-hmm. And I think some people maybe think that's a waste to do that. But I actually think that it makes the show better when they do stuff like that. You love because... the slice of life stuff. It's, yeah, there's it's so just... many episodes in a season. Like, you, it can't be all important all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more, the more episodes lost... Uh, has where it doesn't give us any answers, but it also doesn't set up any mysteries is uh, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I think that the more of those we get a season, the better the season's going to be. But yeah, well, let's jump into it here. Uh, this episode aired October 19th, 2005. It was directed by Stephen Williams, who did All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues, and written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. So I think this is the first time we've had a... Jin or Sun episode that was not at least co-written by uh, Javier Grigio, Mark's watch. But I thought this one was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really... There's like no bad... I mean, obviously, for most of the flashback, they don't even know each other. But there's no bad blood between Jin and Sun the whole time, uh, which is nice. It's nice that they can have a, a good, like little couples episode without it being a uh, you know a Shakespearean tragedy mm-hmm. but yeah starting off we just get a quick scene about Sun and Claire talking about how it's been four days since the raft left and Claire is like trying to comfort Sun uh, this scene is not really notable it is just weird that they're having Claire do it because Claire is one of the few other people who knows about the messages in a bottle being 
found. Like, mm-hmm. she was the one who found it. So, like, <laughs> I think Claire would for sure maybe not be the person to have this conversation with where she's comforting her because she knows why Son is freaking out. Mm-hmm. Which I will say, too, the message isn't a bottle. That seems like a real easy thing. Like, it's not like that raft had, like, sides. Right. Seems like that is a real easy thing for them to have accidentally kicked off and then been like, well, am I jumping in the ocean right now to get these stupid messages or am I just going to keep going? Right, exactly. And then uh, as they're uh, talking, Sun realizes that she has lost her wedding ring. Uh, all of a sudden. Um, bad time to lose it, I would say. Uh, yeah. Right when you need it to maybe be the most tangible uh, metaphor for your marriage uh it is no longer there just like uh, maybe her marriage mm-hmm. uh bad news um we get our first flashback and son is at home back home with her parents uh presumably and in her room getting dressed with her mother uh she picks out a pair of high heels and her mom puts them away and brings out a pair of flats Um, It turns out that she is getting dressed up to meet a potential husband through a matchmaking service. Uh, Her mom scolds her for not finding a husband while she was in college, implying that she has lost her golden years and is now entering her silver years. Um, Sun must be in her mid to late 20s here, right? Um, So it's crazy to me. At latest. At absolute latest. Like she's, she, if you told me she was like, this was supposed to happen when she was like 20. That would also make sense. Right. Um, So it's crazy that her mom is acting like she's some old withered hag or something. Um, Yeah. I was curious. So I did look up the average age that women marry in South Korea just Mm -hmm. to see, like, what was going on there. If there was any, like... Is this about to be very depressing for me to hear? No. It's, like, almost in line exactly with the United States. Um, Oh, is it? Yeah. In 2005, the average age was 27 and a half. Oh, wow. So I kind of feel like this could be potentially an example of those instances where the Westerners' perception of Asian culture is influencing the storyline. Totally. Totally. The average now is almost 31. So it's been steadily increasing since 1990. And I think men are just a couple years above that. But uh, nevertheless, her father is pressuring her to get married now through her mom. And then it flashes to Jin, who is getting ready for a job interview. And his roommate is looking at something called a destiny book, which I'm assuming is something similar to astrology. Have you heard of a destiny book before? No, I tried looking up to see if it was like the, is it I Ching? Is that how it's pronounced? Mm, Or I Ching, Mm -hmm. uh, that book, um, which is Chinese, but they do have them in Korea as well. And it, they give you like a quick flash of it. So I don't think it is, but I guess that is basically what it is. Just like an astrology type book. Um, so I was unfamiliar with it, but uh, he's looking it over and he says that this is the year he's going to find love. Jin is going to find love. Uh, mm. And Jin is skeptical, but entertains him and asks what his love is going to look like. So he knows when he sees her and his roommate just replies orange and, and only orange. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both laugh about it. Uh, but Jin becomes introspective and tells him that he needs to be prepared to meet the love of his life and be ready to take care of a family before falling in love. He Mm -hmm. aspires to become more than the son of a fisherman, which we as an audience know isn't a bad hand to be dealt considering Jin is maybe the only person on the island who has the loving and forgiving father. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it is fun seeing, again, like his daddy issues are the only ones that work in reverse. Right. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) But it's tying into to this even now, so. I do love this. I mean, this is just straight up a romantic comedy, right? Like, this is mm-hmm. just, like, not... I mean, this is just fully uh, the whole thing with the orange and the roommate who we'll n- never see again on the show. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's... it's. I, I really like this. I mean, again, it's just fun seeing... Uh, every time we get to see Daniel Day Kim be charming in these flashbacks, mm-hmm. I'm always, like hooting and hollering and clapping my hands uh i really love it (laughs) he's easy to cheer on at least 
Back on the island, uh, Michael is comforting Jen about how they're going to see Sun soon. Anna Lucia tells them to get ready because they're going back to their side of the island. Uh, Sawyer wants to run, uh, but Michael tries to figure out like what's going on and why these people are so scared, which... It is weird that they don't tell them. Like, they presumably do believe them at this point. It's not like they're, like, keeping them, you know, under guard. So they do believe them that they were on the plane, but they still just don't want to share whatever they've gone through. You'd think that they would just to, like, keep a level of risk low. Yeah. Why why not be like, hey, so these guys are, like, you know, they're predators. They they turn invisible and they click in the jungle, so you got to be careful. Like... Whatever it is that they're, like, so scared of uh, might actually... I mean, it wouldn't get Sawyer to shut up, but they could presumably think that. Right. But yeah, Anna Lucia refuses to elaborate, and everybody splits up to go find... uh, To go gather supplies for the trip. Meanwhile, Sun is frantically searching for her ring. We see Jack in, I think, his only scene of this episode, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I like that they do that. I mean... It's a bummer because Jack is, for sure, the main character of the show. But he doesn't need to be. Right. They can cycle through. Yeah. It's nice when they give other people more time to shine. I mean, really, it's. I guess there really isn't extra people in this. It's just that Jack is not in it as much. But it's still, uh, it's kind of nice that he's just kind of popping in and out. Mm-hmm. He tells her. <laughs> He tells her a story about how he lost his wedding ring and uh never found it and so he had to get a replacement made maybe the least helpful story you could possibly tell someone who is stranded on an island yeah. desperately clinging to like something some remnant of her marriage <laughs> but it is i definitely a great metaphor for his marriage i would say <laughs> the mm. story about it's very he I don't know. It's just such a funny story to tell. Like, I'm guessing he just started it because he could connect with her on the I've lost a wedding ring level. And then, like, as he was finishing the story, realized what was coming at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Which, um, to be honest, is relatable for me. I've done that many times. And we also find out that he, is, he kept it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he says it's rattling around in a sock drawer yeah. back home. Jin is helping them find fish on the other side of the island. It is really great. I mean... You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna think about where they got fishing net from, uh, but it is fun seeing Bernard and Anna Lucia be like, "Hey, you need to help us!" and like yelling at him, and then he just pulls like four red snapper out of the ocean, mm-hmm. like no problem. I have a theory about that. Okay. I think that like the fireworks and tarp were towards the front of the plane, mm. and then all the fishing net was toward the back of the plane. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, uh, well, it'll be fun to find out what else they've got. Like, if they, like, if somehow they'll they'll be starting to, like, scoop out sand with, like, a, uh, like, a five-gallon Home, Deco- Home Depot bucket yeah. <laughs> or something like, like, it's just always so funny, the stuff that they, that manage. It feels like a crash landing, but it just doesn't, it doesn't make any doesn't sense when you up. investigate it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, can't think too hard about it. In our second flashback, Jin is at his job interview in a beautiful office. I mean, this is better than even the lawyer's office that we saw in Michael's Mm -hmm. episode. Just gorgeous. Um, But he's speaking to the hotel manager. And the hotel manager is grilling Jin about his resume. um, And implies that he lied on it saying that the hotel that was on his resume doesn't promote within um which doesn't oh yeah to me i don't know it was so weird i think i think it was just a way for them to show like he's that much of a climber Mm. that the guy's like no i know that hotel they don't promote for from within and then jen's like no they made an exception because i'm that good Mm -hmm. i think that's the idea okay okay I do like that he is trying to call him on stuff. I mean, this guy is antagonistic from the get-go. Um, I, obviously, you can tell he's a softie underneath it all. Of yeah. course, he's got some real interiority, and I hope that we delve into his character in a future flashback. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, do, I just think that that is so funny to like try and call somebody on something in a job interview. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. I've... 
I've like never had like that kind of job interview before, so maybe that is just what they're like, but I always assumed it was a lot different than that. Well, I think usually it's supposed to be like a getting to know you conversation, mm-hmm. not like, oh, you're at this hotel? Well, they don't yeah. promote within. Uh, so he's yes. just like the Korean Randy at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but let's be honest. Not nearly enough facial hair. <laughs> not Randy enough. Beats in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also asked Jin what village he's from and notices right away that he's not from the city. Uh, so Jin tells him and he says, no wonder I thought I smelled fish on you and rips the tag off of his tie. Just evil man. Uh, mm-hmm. But does give him the job. Um, but also tells him that he can't have time off. He can't ask for a raise and he can't open the door for people like him. Um, yeah. So just a horrible human being, but he Jin does get hired at the Seoul Gateway Hotel. Yeah, this is the behavior of a man who wants to get murdered by one of his own employees. Yes, like like that's that's the only like logical explanation for why you would treat someone like that and then hire them. Mm-hmm. I did want to say I forgot to mention it. The the tie thing I think is so great. That feels like that feels like it's a real a real like detail from somebody's life. That's such oh, yeah. a poor person thing to <laughs> yeah. like buy something nice and then return it once you like I just related to that so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back with the the tailies, have we talked about that? How that's what the lost community started calling this group? Ooh. The tailies. Oh, How I do you feel like about that. it? I don't like that at all. Do we want to come up with something better right now? Even something like the tailors. The tailors? I, I mean already, like yeah, that rolls <laughs> off the tongue better. What do you what do you think about the caboose crew? Because they were Ooh. in the back of the plane. I love that. Caboose crew. Okay. Mm-hmm. The caboose crew. All right. So back with the caboose crew. Uh, <laughs> um, Libby apologizes uh, to Michael for how they've been treated. Michael uh, admits that Jin is his friend and then says that Sawyer isn't, which is a bummer because I think it was last episode, right? Where Sawyer called him his friend. Mm-hmm. So Michael's really hanging Sawyer out to dry here. I gotta say, I think maybe that's fair, but yeah, she says that she, they both call Sawyer a redneck, and she says that she's never seen anybody who's so scared before, uh, which is uh, probably a good psychological evaluation of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she says that uh, the Caboose crew has uh, trust issues, and then Michael says, hey, all these trees are picked clean. Why don't we go further inland to get some more fruit? And Libby says, no, we can't. That's where the others come from. Like a mistake. Yeah, yeah. There I mean, go, she she clearly didn't know that that would be no. maybe the only piece of information he was looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was also with uh, maybe the only person. I guess he could also have overpowered Bernard. But otherwise, uh, everybody else was going to be keeping him in place. So uh, we finally get a name... For Mr. Echo, who gives Sawyer a machete and uh, introduces himself. Do you see on the subtitles that it was all one word? I that's a mis- that's that's definitely a mistake. Oh, okay. Um, so it is like his, Mr. It is Echo. supposed to be like Mr. Period Echo. Okay. It's not like Mr. Echo. Um, okay. Although all in one word, it does make it seem like it's like some weird way of saying misdirection. Mm. Yeah, we finally get a name for him, which is great. Only like four episodes into him being a recurring guest star on the show. But yeah, as him and Sawyer are talking, Libby finally Libby runs into camp uh, because Michael has run off. Um, and Jin is talking just straight to Sawyer and says he's going after Walt, which is obviously true. Um, Jin tries to get Sawyer uh, to go look for him with him, but Sawyer says that he has to look out for himself. I mean, I will say Sawyer is, like, dying of gangrene right now. So, like... like it's amazing you know, he's still alive. Yeah. He, he should... Yeah. He should not be up and about. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't necessarily blame him, but it is a little bit lame that he leaves Michael out to dry, too, uh, here. I guess that's... I'm, that's... <laughs> they have the relationship with each other that they want, I suppose. Echo tries to get Jin... Uh, to wait, but then Jin punches him in the face, uh, and Echo heads, headbutts him back, and then says, all right, well, I'm going with you, mm-hmm. which is a, a fun way to establish a partnership. I do kind of like them, though. Echo is kind of maybe the only character besides Sun to treat Jin like a 
like normal. Yeah. <laughs> like to just like try and have conversations with him and like you know, no everyone else just like either ignores him or just assumes that they can't that he can't understand anything. Or just kind of uses him for like utility. Like yeah. Mr. Echo is the only person who has just had a normal conversation with him. You're exactly right. I like their mm-hmm. dynamic a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think it's a fun it's a fun uh, chemistry that they have. Back with the the fronties, I guess. I don't know. Um, back with the on the the original side of the island, uh, Hurley tells uh, tells Sun that she needs to retrace her steps. And as she kind of goes over what she did, she talks about how she was cutting fruit with Shannon and then fed Vincent. Um, and so Hurley surmises that she accidentally fed her ring to the dog. I mean, I can accept losing your ring somewhere or even that it would fall off. I cannot accept that you would feed it to a dog without no. noticing it. You would have to be, like, fully asleep. Uh, so they go to wait uh, for him to uh, pass it. Um, we get Hurley asking uh, Sun if Soul is in the the good Korea or the bad one. Uh, cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Hurley. And then... And then uh, Asks if she uh, went to the Olympics, which is honestly a pretty funny question to, <laughs> to ask. And then, yeah, he tells a story about how one time his dog ate a bunch of nickels and uh, crapped them all out. I, I mean, this is this is fun. You can see Hurley is just as unhelpful as it gets, but he's trying to be helpful, which is nice. And I think he was trying to cheer her up, too. We do find out that Sun's the dog that has the obviously, like completely screwed up timeline uh, back home was named Popo, uh, which is Korean for a kiss, which is a very cute name for a dog. Mm -hmm. What do you think that the dog's original name was when it was owned by that, like, seven-year-old girl before Jin took it and then just gave it to the son? Oh, my gosh. Do you have any guesses? Um... I like to think it was also Bopo. I like to think mm-hmm. that that stayed. That that, um, but it's possible that uh, maybe the the child had named it something differently. Mister Dog. <laughs> Senor Dog. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get flashback three, and Sun arrives at um, the Seoul Gateway Hotel with her mom, um, and meets the matchmaker there. Uh, her mom is telling her not to talk and keep her hands in her lap. Uh, just a lot of etiquette that you might hear in the 1950s. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the potential matches father, it turns out, owns the hotel that they're walking into. And they, of course, pass Jin on the way in. Um, mm-hmm. Sun is meeting with Korean Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you well, think hold that? on. Both of his eyes open all the way, so he's not exactly like Jeff Bezos. That's true. He doesn't have an evil um, laugh, so. And I, I'm not filled with dread when I look at him. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. But they're meeting each other. Both of them have their moms there. Um, they're talking about their pedigree and how great their kids are. Uh, mm-hmm. The moms leave, uh, and son and we'll find out later his name is Mr. Lee. Um, they just kind of bond over being pressured to get married by their family. Um, and it turns out that son studied art history, and Mr. Lee reveals that he studied medieval Russian literature. So, two rich people degrees. Um, yes. For both of them. <laughs> Uh, but they're just hitting it off and having a, a good time with each other. I do wish that Sun's degree would come up more often. The art um, history? On the show. Yeah, the art history. Mm-hmm. I wish that... I would like her to just compare something to a Rembrandt at yeah. some point. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's what they actually like talk about in art history. That could also be one of those things where you... I'm just completely wrong on that. But yeah, this guy... What do you? How do you feel about him? Um, Mr. Lee. I, I mean, we know I it's not going to work out, but I think he's actually yeah. fine. I'm rooting for him, honestly. Yeah. 
I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get. No, he. Um, he seems nice. Well, I I have a note for him, but I th- actually it'll come in a later flashback. Okay. Uh, um, I do want to say I think that we are kind of skipping over. You said very briefly that they passed Jin on the way in. Um, Jin's uniform for this hotel is phenomenal, top notch. Yes. Uh, I would kill to be able to wear tails and a top hat to work every day. Oh my god! And white gloves. I mean, come on. Yeah. Any job that you can get where you have to dress like you're a haunted mansion attendant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and stand is, out in the sun. Yes, and stand out in the sun. Uh, telling people who desperately need help no all day. Um, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great job right there. You gotta hold on to that. Back on the island... Uh, Jin and Echo are trailing after Michael, uh, and then they hear rustling in the woods. Jin bolts out after it, and even though Echo tells him not to, it is of course not Michael, it is a boar. Uh, now this is, and I had to go to the wiki for this, this is the 150th time that they've done this on the show. Uh, where somebody has heard rustling in the woods and then run out after it and turns out it was a boar. (laughs) So, (laughs) it might be the fourth, but, um... Can't believe they're still doing this. I hope that they do it at least once a season. I honestly don't remember, but I really hope that they do it at least once a season. I hope they also incorporate the same scenario, but with Vincent running out once a season. That's true. They've definitely done that multiple times Mm -hmm. so far as well. So, (laughs) um, maybe they can just alternate. Boar, Vincent, Boar, Vincent. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, it can like somehow be like Locke running around on all fours, chasing him down. Uh, but yeah, the boar runs Jin down and tackles him and then runs off. Um, and Jin sees a, uh, a decomposing corpse that's been stabbed in the chest uh, with a spear. And Echo says that his name was Goodwin, and Jin asks if it was the others, and Echo says yes. Um and then Echo, as they're walking along, gives them gives him some aloe for his cut. Uh, they make uh, some small talk about Sun, about her being on the plane, and that kind of thing. And yeah, like I said, I just I do like this dynamic. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun watching them. I, I, also, it's sad. I just narratively in in TV shows and movies, it's satisfying to see people who don't speak the same language figure things out. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just like like to see to see like them working it out caveman style as Sawyer says like just to be like yeah these are the hand motions and like this is the limited English that he knows so we're just trying to work like that's always fun to watch mm-hmm. so, so it's a bummer that they don't do it more. Um, Sun is searching for the ring in her garden, and uh, she begins to tear it apart in frustration. Uh, she, she's just tearing it all down. Locke comes by while she's crying and gives her a, a scrap of, I guess, like a dead person's shirt. Um, mm-hmm. but oh, he tells I didn't her think it's clean. of it like that. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> it is a flannel, so unless he, I mean, it's also positive, or possible, you know, given what we know about, uh, his laundry habits, that he does have, like, a perfectly clean, like, monogrammed handkerchief, but he, uh... Uh, he tells her that he can relate to her, and she says, Oh, I've actually never seen you angry, uh, which is fair. And uh, he tells her that he used to be angry, and she asks what changed, and he says he's not lost anymore. And at this point, I blacked out, and I did not actually finish the episode <laughs> as soon as he said that, so I don't really know what happens next. Uh, no, I mean, fair enough, I guess. you got to play with it sometimes. Uh, they're already doing it in the title of this episode, so maybe... They could have saved this for a different episode, but fine. Um, But he says that the way everything lost gets found is uh, when you stop looking for it. Something that is only really true about your keys, I find. (laughs) If you lose other things and you stop looking for them, you will just never find them. Mm -hmm. In flashback four, Sun is waiting for Mr. Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. and in the hotel lobby, um, they're meeting for lunch and he arrives late to the hotel in a little sports car, uh, and is walking up to the hotel, sees Jin 
and asks if he can borrow his flower, his little, is it a corsage? Is that what it was called? I mean, basically, right? Right? Like a, uh, a work yeah. corsage, a professional corsage? Yeah. I'm not sure. But um, the flower pinned to his, his uh, nice, fancy suit. Um, mm-hmm. so his he velvet t- suit. His velvet suit. Um, so Jin gives it to him. Um, and he says, Mr. Lee says that he's on a date. Uh, so then they go to lunch, and um, Sun comments on how normal he is, which is always a mistake. We know that things mm-hmm. are going to go down south now. Um, yeah. And... The, second, the second you tell someone, wow, i got to say, it's just refreshing how normal you are. They are about to like go and say, oh, well, I'm glad you said that. Let me tell you about what I'm keeping in my basement. Right. Yeah. Uh, so... You're about to learn something you don't want to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So he reveals to her, of course, um, that he met an American woman at Harvard and he is going to marry her in six months. So he is kind of pitching it to her as, isn't it great? We don't have to worry about our parents bothering us anymore. We don't need the matchmakers. We both hate it. Um, Sun thought that he was really interested in her, which is fair. Um, yeah, and this she's is... noticeably disappointed, but it's crazy that he... he's like, you, you thought what you, yeah, insane. I mean, come on that's now. such, that's sociopathic. Mm-hmm. He, that, that is the rich boy, uh, right there because like, yeah, you guys went on a date together and you've been having nice conversation this whole time and you, you're, you're surprised that she thought that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, truly wild. Here, here's my thought on this, is do you think that if the show hadn't been uh, airing in 2005, that it would have been that he was gay? And do you think that that's what it should have been? Because I will say, I do think that's what it should have been. Yes. It just, uh, I mean, I guess it maybe it makes it hurt more that it's just for another woman, so it's not like he is available to some, he just isn't uh, actually available to her, mm-hmm. so maybe that makes it worse. But I think that that would have... Uh, fit better yeah but nope it's uh it's an american woman and he does sing the song a little bit which i think is nice yeah um <laughs> um no it it definitely should have been that he was gay but we're still getting gay jokes like literally in this episode so i know in this it's, i'm so excited to yeah. talk about it <laughs> Jin and echo back with the caboose crew of course uh find michael's trail um, Echo says it's definitely his because they don't leave tracks. He hears, like, he basically just hears a twig snap and knows that he needs to hide him and Jin. And so they hide, you know, in a bush, essentially, and they watch a bunch of people walk by with, um, like, ragged, dirty clothing streaked in mud and uh, with bare feet. At the very end, there's a child who is carrying a teddy bear that by, like, a rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just straight up like a horror movie type thing. Uh, it is unsettling. Like, I'll give them that. Yeah. Or maybe just that many bare feet is unsettling, too. That's yeah. Also, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, Jin, after they all go past, tries to go on his own to find Michael, but Echo still uh, just won't let him. I don't know why Jin is so dead set. I mean, Echo is going along with him this whole time. So he, And it seems like he's maybe a good guy to have. He can track... And fight. He seems extremely useful. And also, he just seems nice. <laughs> so, mm. I would keep him around, at least. I don't know. I wonder if he's trying to protect him in some way. Like, he would feel guilty if anything yeah. were to happen to him. That's true. Yeah, he or, yeah, just think of it as a, like, I need to take care of my problem, which is with Michael. Not mm-hmm. thinking of it as a problem that they both got to deal with. That's a fair point. Uh, as Sun is leaving her date, um, mm-hmm. she passes Jin, and just a moment later, Jin is approached by a father and son who are disheveled, um, and the father asks Jin if his son can use the bathroom, uh, and Jin says no at first, uh, and directs them down the street, um, but you can tell that he's feeling pretty guilty about this, and obviously it's a father and son in need. Um, mm-hmm. So he kind of begrudgingly lets them in, and the father thanks him profusely. Um, immediately, the general manager approaches him and passes the father and son. Um, 
Like, so fast that I thought it was going to be revealed that they were, like, paid actors that he was trying to catch him with. Exactly. He's just been waiting for this exact scenario and just staring at Jin the whole time. Right. Just set up for failure. But he marches toward Jin um, and starts insulting his heritage again and warns him that, uh, you know, this is his first warning and never do this again. Um, and then Jin quits on the spot, similar to Hurley. Um, and I really hope that this is a common theme in Lost in all of the flashbacks. I hope that mm-hmm. we just get to see everybody quit their jobs on the spot. But we'll see. Have, have you ever done that? Have you ever quit your job like on the spot as you were getting chewed out for something? No. I've no called no showed after getting chewed out places, though. Multiple times. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. I've never done it. It seems like it would be satisfying, or it always is on these shows. But I will say, I would maybe. I think I would just start crying if yeah. I, if I, like, <laughs> as I started to do it, I would just be like, "Well, you know what? You can do with this job then." <laughs> so, so I don't. I think it would be less cool if I tried to do it. <laughs> I will say too the the father was being pretty unfair to Jin uh, because. Yeah. Um, it is weird that you couldn't just go find another bathroom. Like, I get your kids got to go, but um, I would ask once and then be like, all right, I'm out of here. We got to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think I'm try- I- I've been racking my brain trying to think of a different one, and I'm not coming up with it. Is this the best father-son relationship on the show so far? Is Korean dad and Korean boy who has to pee? I mean... It's got to be top three, at least. Oh, for sure. You know, yes. like, I think Jen and his dad, their, like, moment where they hug. Yeah, that's, that's got to be, like, yeah. top three, too. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> and then we don't know what Vincent's relationship we with his know. father is like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back on the island, Kate uh, is asking Son about uh, her ring. And Sun tells Kate about the message in a bottle was being found. Uh, so she lets Kate in it. I do like... It is nice. I think last last time we really had any interaction between the two of them was when Kate kind of manipulated Sun into poisoning Jin to keep him off the raft. That's why I'm suspicious uh, of this. I don't... I used to really like them together. And now I'm kind of like, yes. oh, Kate, stay away. Yeah. I will say, I think that that is partially, I think that's a little bit on, it's not like Sun is naive. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely Kate used her more than she used Kate in that instance. But yeah, I agree. It does feel weird. Like, it's just a, um, it's a bummer because I think that they are fun together, or they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the caboose crew is trekking back, but uh, Sawyer has to stop um, because he is, of course, infected. He's like 30 minutes away from death right now. Yes. Yeah. His abdomen has gone rigid. He is sweating blood right now. Um, yeah. he's he's He keeps mentioning a, a rider on a pale horse that he <laughs> keeps seeing. Um, uh, Anna Lucia gives him some water, but says that they're going to leave him behind. He does say, well, how are you going to find my crew or my uh, my old camp? And I got to say, pretty dumb question. They were just on the beach. So, like, it seems like it's a big island, but it's maybe not so big that they couldn't just walk along the beaches. Right. But, yes, <laughs> Sawyer asks if she's married um, and, because she seems suited for it. And then Anna Lucia asks if he's gay. I guess as a way to, like, get back at him. I don't know. He never says yes or no, so it's up to the audience to decide, I suppose. Emma, do you think Sawyer's gay? I think he's the next bi-con. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to keep on the lookout for whether or not Sawyer's gay over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll find some interesting interesting things about it. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Um, Jin and Echo are stopping at a stream, and then Echo goes back to find the trail, just a pretense to get Echo away for a second. 
Uh, and then Michael comes out and tells Jin to go back, but Jin chases after him. And then now, as they're going along, Michael is shouting for Walt, which does make it seem like he's been doing that the whole time. Yeah. Uh, which I I do think would make Jin and Echo maybe bad at tracking. Mm-hmm. Echo catches up to them and tells Michael that he doesn't know what they're capable of. They basically talk him down and, and talk him into coming back with them, which is weird. Right? It don't it doesn't it seem like it is weird for him to do that? Like It seems out of character. I, I mean, it's because they want to save like you know, interacting with the others for sweeps week or yeah. you know, whatever, the mm-hmm. mid season finale. But yeah, I think based on what we know about Michael up to this point, like he, he literally built a death raft and then piloted it just for his son. So um I think that he would have been perfectly fine getting captured. Yeah. Uh, and taken to wherever his son was at. Um, so it, it this is weird. But I guess we got to keep going. I mean, I'm not mad that Harold Perrineau's staying on the show. So mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Michael decides to come back with them. Kate goes with son to where she buried the bottle. And then, so this doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if you know what's going on here. She starts, like, opening the messages and, like, reading them. Like, is so is she looking for a message from them? Like, back or what? But she... Kate... Son is like, Kate, what are you doing? And then she's like, oh, I uh, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to Sawyer. Which, like... Alright, first off, Son's husband was on that raft. So, maybe, like, the guy that, like, tricked you into kissing him is a lower priority, yeah. I would say. But also, what does her... What does that have to do with her opening the messages? I don't understand that at all. I didn't get it either. Was she... Did she think that, like... Sawyer was going to have some message for her? Yeah, do we think that... Okay, so on the plane, obviously, right next to the fireworks and the fishing net, there was a box of crayons. Sawyer had one, and he would have scrawled out a note real quick, like, we're drowning or something like that. (laughs) Put it back in the bottle, corked it up, and then tossed it towards the island? I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's just a weird time to make it about her. But she does... Um, see uh, Sun's ring sitting in the sand. And uh, Sun, uh, you know, gets it and breaks. She, like, breaks down in happiness. And she's kind of alternating between happiness and, like, obviously sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, Yoonjim Kim gives a great performance here. Mm-hmm. Really good. I think she she was absolutely phenomenal in House of the Rising Sun as well. But I don't know that we've gotten a... It seems like they don't really give her a chance to shine unless it is one of her flashback episodes. Yeah. I think, I mean, her episode, well, not her episode, but when she is interacting um, to save Boone. Yeah, that's true. She was pretty true. good in that episode. But I think that's the only one that really comes to mind where she gets to yeah. be in front of the spotlight. So in the last flashback of the episode... um. We see Jin, uh, and he doesn't have his tie anymore. He's looking a little Mm -hmm. more casual. He doesn't have, you know, his outfit on anymore. Um, Yeah. And he's walking down by the river. Um, We see some, a father and son fishing in the background, which I thought was a nice little touch. Um, Yeah, sure. But he... That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I I just thought it was a nice little placement there. Um, He passes by a woman in orange and laughs yeah. to himself, and then that causes him to run into Sun. And well, we... he doesn't just do that. He does like fully turn around, check her out, and then like pull down his sunglasses <laughs> yeah. and like wolf whistle at her. Essentially, he goes awuga. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. He lets out an awuga. Absolutely, <laughs> that's true. Um, and in all the commotion, then he accidentally runs into Sun. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's cool to see their meet cute because it's it is cute. I. I guess up until this episode, I thought that maybe he was like a waiter that served her at a restaurant or something. Yeah. Or like maybe they met at a catered event or something like that. So it's just nice to know that they met like while they were out kind of walking by the river. Yeah. I mean, it is just straight up a romantic comedy. Yeah. Like it's, 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 this is obviously like the, you know, the 40 minute mark of the movie or maybe 20 minute mark of the movie. 
and then, you know, they've got whatever pulls them apart and then brings them back together, which in this instance is a plane crash. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I love when flashbacks get to be their own little genre and separate and still give us insight on the characters, but we don't necessarily... Like, there's, there's no situation on the island where Jin has to be a doorman or something like right. that. Like, it's just nice when it can just be like, yeah, here's some backstory about the character. It doesn't have to tie in. There isn't, like, a mysterious matchmaker on the island uh, put sending Sun on a date. Mm-hmm. And I guess that is kind of like a story about fate in some way. And that kind of ties into the mm-hmm. mystique of the island, but... That's true. It, yeah. It doesn't really like you're saying, it doesn't call out to kind of what's going on the island. But yeah, that's basically the end of the episode. We get one more shot of uh Sun and Kate on sitting on the beach framed by shot. some trees. It's a great shot. Um but yeah, that's uh, that's the end of the episode. Now, Emma, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Well, here. I don't normally make you guess, but I'm going to make you guess here. There are 120 episodes of Lost. Where do you think that this one ranked on IMDb oh, user reviews? Oh, my gosh. Uh, probably super low because it's a Sun and Jin episode. Is mm-hmm. it like 110? And No Island Mysteries. No Island Mysteries. That's really close. It's 113. What? 113. Is that not insane? <laughs> flip over my desk that is insane so stupid wow it beat whatever the case may be like come on infuriating i am taking imdb to court yeah uh and if you if you guys could please um change.org you can find my petition there you know how change.org is like a a website that actually gets things done um Mm -hmm. i've signed up a petition there to get this episode moved higher up on the list and every Charlie episode to get moved much lower on the list. Um, call your we'll local representative. Call yes. your congressman or, or woman. Yeah, or woman. And it can be a woman now. It's 2023. And honestly, stand outside the mall with a clipboard. Yeah. Uh, if wherever you're at, you know, has malls still. <laughs> Is there still mall? Do you guys still have malls? Oh, yeah. In Minnesota? Mall I mean, there's no way... Oh, yeah, you've got the mall. What am I talking about? All right, Emma, I, this is mostly on you then, because you're going to get the most mall traffic, I think. <laughs> it's up um, to me. I live across the street from the corpse of a mall uh, that I guess was recently sold to a college, setting up shop in there, which, more power to them. But yeah, this is our lowest rated episode yet. Uh, okay. I will... I will tease this out though it is not the lowest rated episode we will be getting this season so we still have have further depths to sink to pretty exciting yeah that was and found uh i mean you've uh heard us talking about it i think this was a great episode i think it's insane that it was rated that low and i think just all in all it's just a good episode of tv Mm -hmm. agreed emma the week of october 19th 2005 was there anything going on in the world at that time well, there was. On oh, okay. that day uh, in mm-hmm. history, um, Saddam Hussein went on trial in Baghdad for crimes oh. against humanity. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, on a lighter note, uh, Gold Digger by Kanye West. It can get lighter Fox. than that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the number one song was Gold Digger by Kanye West and Jamie Foxx. Oh, so... all right. That's fun. I mean, that's a good song. Uh, um, yeah. It's a, it's a bop, mm-hmm. for sure. God, that, that, uh, that's a bummer. That seems like so <laughs> long ago. It, it seems I know. like... And I mean, we were just teenagers when all of that was happening, too. But I yeah. feel like everybody was paying attention to it. Yes, for sure. I mean, there was for sure... There was a kid at... Uh, school, I remember that was like trying to show me the live leak video or whatever it was of him getting executed oh when gosh. that happened. Um, uh, pretty horrifying stuff that I managed to avoid. I saw some other executions on there, unfortunately, but um, probably won't talk about them much more on the podcast. If it comes up, I will for sure. If maybe somebody's neck snaps in a way that I think is unrealistic, I might bring it up. But mm. yeah, it, isn't that that's such a funny thing to me to remember? Is just, like, everybody being excited about that, about, like, 
them getting Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Like, at, at high school. And it's like, a bunch of high schoolers cared about that. Right. That's so funny to me. It's so, like... Because it's purely people, like, either parroting or reacting against the politics of their parents. When you're in high school, you don't have real politics. Right. Yeah, it just, like, brings me back to that era, like, mm-hmm. of post-9-11. Like, for yeah. that, like, five-year, maybe six-year time frame after, where it was yeah. just, like, madness. We, we had to pretend America was, like super cool 100% of the time and never did anything bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty wild. (laughs) Luckily, Trump became president eventually, and we were allowed to make fun of America on talk shows Mm -hmm. after that. Comedy came back again. Oh my god. And what, what, isn't that so funny to think about? I know we just talked about this last episode with the Stephen Colbert thing. Truly wild that everyone was just... Trump got elected and everyone was predicting comedy to come back and it just killed everything. Yeah. Like nothing was funny anymore. Comedy Um, and punk rock. Two things that did not make it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Political comedy and punk rock. Yeah. Um, And comedy in general. Although Dave Chappelle is, of course, keeping it alive Mm -hmm. with his um, hour-long stand-up specials that have... Uh, four jokes in them. Yeah, alright, well, this was Anne Found, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Give us a, um, you know, give us a, a review on Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind. Um, five stars, we would love it. And send us a tweet at allthebestpods uh, on Twitter or allthebestpodcasts on, at gmail.com. You can send us an email. Let us know if you think this episode is rated uh, way too low. We would love to know that. Next week we will be, uh, with episode 6, Abandoned, um, our very first Shannon episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're getting some some backstory on Shannon. Uh, But yeah, until then, uh, get lost. Get lost.